Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. And we are taking a look at some of the biggest stories that took place in 2019, touching on the church, touching on culture, and we are pressing these stories through the lens of Scripture. So we've looked at things like... Uh, uh, Joshua Harris uh, claiming he was no longer a Christian. Kanye West claiming he was a Christian. Uh, we looked at the early reign uh, pastors in China who were arrested. Uh, we looked at abortion being the leading cause of death in 2019. We looked at the de-Christianizing of Chick-fil-A. If you miss any of these uh, broadcasts, you can just subscribe to our podcast in whatever way you do it, either iTunes or whatever. Just make sure you type in The Gospel for Life. So today we are looking at the issue of the woke church. Now this woke movement is moving into conservative Christian circles at breakneck speed, and it's making divisions everywhere it does. If you're unaware of what the woke movement is, it is essentially Marxism. But instead of being applied to economics, it's being applied to race and gender and sexuality. So the bad guys, the oppressors, are either the ethnic majority, in this case white, or the sexual majority, in this case heterosexual. And the victims, those who are the oppressed, are the ethnic minority, either uh, anyone non-white, and the sexual minority, in this case, either homosexual or transgender. Now, how the woke movement works is that um, it essentially takes Karl Marx's basic thesis and it reapplies it. So what was Marx's thesis? It was that the reason why they're suffering in the world is because of private property. The solution is that a revolution, a revolution occurs in which the state takes control, redistributes wealth so that everyone has their fair share. The woke movement, on the other hand, uh, another name is it is uh, the social gospel, takes Marx's thesis and applies it to race and sexuality. So that's all the theoretical. Let's have some flesh and, and blood with this. I'll, I'll tell you how this affected um, uh, with the, the following illustration. So my wife went to the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference in 2018. She was really excited about it. In fact, we sent kind of several women from our church. And um, out of all the sessions that were there, there was one very particular session where they only um, allowed women of color to come and participate in this session. All non-white women were not allowed to come. Now, that's the woke movement coming into the church. Brothers, first of all, just respond to that first. Uh, Gospel Coalition, I'm a big fan. I love a lot of their leaders. But they sponsored a conference, called it the Gospel Coalition Conference, in which white women were not allowed to come to this particular session. How do you respond to that? That's right. not, yeah, that's not the church. Uh, the, God calls out from every tribe, nation, and tongue. Yeah, and I, I would want to, first of all, I would want to echo what you say. I'm a big fan of the Gospel Coalition. 
um, and they do a lot of good work and a lot of good people. I, I, and I don't know that much about this particular situation, except I trust your wife's account of it. And, oh, I think, I, I, I think they blew it on this one. They caved to the idea, they caved to the ideology yeah. of, of the, the kind of woke, uh, woke social justice. Yeah. Um, and, and now let me, let me go on to say, nobody in this room, uh, when I say this room, uh, we're in a little studio here, uh, uh, Josh and, and Jonathan and I, um, nobody in this room is going to deny that racism is real and that it's, and that it's Mm -hmm. sin and that it's something that the church needs to address. Uh, nobody here is going to deny that, uh, the poverty, uh, uh, that is an issue and that, that, that Christians need to address and, and, and on and on, uh, the, the sexism is an issue, uh, abuse and mistreatment of anybody, exclusion of anybody, uh, is an issue and is a sim- symptomatic of, of sin. But I th- what we're concerned about, and, and, and I'm glad, uh, Josh, that you've brought this for us today. Um, what we're concerned about is the importation of a Marxist ideology into the church, uh, which identifies sin not as the acts of individuals and not as the growing out of individual hearts, but as these isms. And if we could just slay all of these isms, we would, we would weed sin out of the, out of the church. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's a, that's not only a wrong turn, that's a denial of the gospel and uh, a, a denial of what scripture teaches about the nature of sin and, and the, the, well, well, let's just, let's just start right there. Okay. So you, we were talking the other day about uh, what uh, the communist party in China requires of its populace, namely that they see the state as God, essentially. The state must be God. Yeah. The right. state is absolute. Right. And that's the same thing that happens in this in cultural Marxism. It, it, it first of all redefines sin away from an offense against a holy God by failing to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it redefines sin um, in terms of the oppressed and the oppressor. In Marx's day, it was economics, but in this new movement, it's like what we've said: it's race and gender and sexuality. Now let's just start right there. If we redefine sin. Are we going to get our gospel wrong? <laughs> yeah, we get the problem wrong. We're going to we're going to get the gospel wrong, and and once again, we're not saying that there's no such thing as oppression. Right, there absolutely is. Of course, we were talking in one of our earlier shows a few days ago about the way that the church in China is being oppressed right now. Yep, and that's sin. And absolutely, they're and, being and, oppressed. And, and, and the early sin. China and and the early reign church, they identified. How did they identify that sin? Against God, yes, primarily, yes, not against us, right? You're sinning against God. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and and they're not claiming, they're not claiming some kind of innocence for themselves, right? That they have the purity, and this is the danger. This is always the danger, and and in fact, I would go on to say that the so-called woke church movement is a form of fundamentalism in its worst sense. Mm. 
Um, and by that, I mean, and, and, and I grew up, brothers, I grew up in fundamentalism. Mm-hmm. And we felt that we were the righteous ones. And I'm, I'm making a little bit of a caricature here because I grew up in a, uh, in a wonderfully Christian atmosphere. But there was a temptation, and I think this is always a temptation for Christians, to think that we, in our holy huddle here, as Christians, we have all the righteousness, and out there in the world is all the sin. Right. And the same temptation is present in the woke social justice movement to claim innocence for the so-called oppressed, and that the sin is out there somewhere in the oppressor, yeah. And that then th- that therefore salvation becomes some kind of liberation of the the those who are the oppressors getting woke, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not the gospel. So, what's at stake if this woke movement takes control of our seminaries and our churches? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it 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 changes the the gospel and the. Yeah. I mean, actually, you know, we don't. You don't have to be woke to be told the biblical command to love your neighbor. Yes, I mean that's what we do. That's the that's that's what we're called to do. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves, um, and then and then this way, you know, that and that crosses the border of all social people. You know, we recognize the image of God in each one of us. We're called to redeem that image uh, so that it uh, comes to an understanding of, of true true knowledge and righteousness, yeah. and that's what our call is. Yeah. So that doesn't it, it's it's not directed toward uh, a certain demographic group as opposed to other demographic groups. We're to go into all the world yeah. and preach the gospel, yeah. and so that's that's the problem with wokeness is it it it, it elevates one. Yeah. subgroup over all others. It, you know, ironically, it actually creates racism. It, it, uh, the Bible, I mean, I'm not trying to be... It creates subgroups yeah. is what it does. You know, the Bible only truly recognizes two races. Yeah. The, yes. the race of the woman, uh, Genesis 3.15, the race of Jesus Christ, and the race of the serpent, yeah. Yeah. the race of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two races. Yeah, right. And, and to be encouraged to find your identity to be encouraged to define yourself by race. Now, now once and once again, I'm, and I, and I'm, there may be a listener out there who's going to say, well, this is, this is a statement of white privilege. Yeah. Well, if you're white, <laughs> but, it's privilege, right? Well, <laughs> well, but I would, I would challenge that and say that for me, I, I have no I have no problem. I don't think anybody, any reasonable person would have a problem, any reasonable Christian would have a problem saying that for me to find my identity in whiteness is akin to what the neo-Nazis do mm-hmm. and is sin yep. and idolatry. And what I want to go on to say, as painful as this may be to some, for any person of any ethnicity to do that is sin yeah. and is divisive in the body of Christ and has no place in the kingdom 
where every tribe and tongue and nation is going to be represented. Well, that's one of the promises of the gospel. In Ephesians 2, right after Paul said, for by grace have you been saved through faith, he then says that look what Christ did. He knocked down the wall of hostility. He has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. Yes, and Paul was talking about Jew and Greek, Jew and Gentile, but the same dynamic is is going on where people had once found their identity in being either Jew yeah. or Gentile. There's neither Jew Christ, nor Greek, yes. male nor female, yeah. slave or free. We're all one in Christ. Fair, we, we are all, all we're, one we're, in Christ. We're, we're, we're equal there at the cross. Yeah, And I think, I think what's at stake in this, in addition to what you guys were saying, is that uh, the glory of Jesus Christ is obscured. Yes. Paul goes on to argue in Ephesians 3 that the glory of Christ is most manifested in the church. Why? Because the church has, uh, the church cannot be explained by the world. Um, why would these Jews and these Gentiles be friends? Why would these men and these women be friends? Why would these white people and black people be friends? They have nothing in common. What's binding them together? Yes. Christ. There's, yeah, there's yes. a brotherhood there. Yes. No, at the same time, I want to say, do I as a white person, do I as a white Christian need to learn to listen to my black brothers and sisters? You bet I do. Is their experience in this country different from mine? Yeah, you bet mm-hmm. it is. I've, I've never been pulled over for driving while white. Um, and my and, kids have because we drove old cars. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> but but, but I'm, what, what yeah. I'm saying is I need to learn to listen yeah. But, and and we all do, Christ, but Christ calls us to a unity that transcends our racial dis- differences. Yeah. And let's pray for that unity and not find our, not find our identity in, a, in an idolatrous version, secular version of ideology that encourages us to take race and make that our fundamental identity. Right. If you want a really good resource on this, just Google Vody Bakum. And the title of his message is Defining Social Justice. Vody Bakum, great uh, black Christian brother, uh, sermon called um, Defining Social Justice. So we'll see you next time on The Gospel for Life. 